This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, sponsored by Vane Innovations. Welcome back to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. Well, next week, I'm going to be broadcasting from the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. So it seems fitting that I give away something. And... Two wristbands to get in, and this is this is worth a lot of money. Um, the tasting tents are designed to take guests on an Epicurean journey through the South um, with uh, their food from South Europe, uh, South Africa, South America, the Southern Hemisphere, and south of the border. Get it? South, 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 southern. Okay, I'm going to give these two wristbands away to color number three. I really branch out to 404-741-0750, Crystal. Crystal and Ahmad have been fabulous today and uh, holding this show together with duct tape. Crystal, 404-741 will be the winner of this wonderful prize pack, and I hope to see you out there. I'll be broadcasting one to three at the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. Okay. Now, this is probably my godchild, god dog. Um this is my best friend Kim Hello. and her dog Jax. And Jax, we we don't know where to start with all of his issues. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> We're back with Tim Link with his uh, book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. And we're diagnosing issues. Oh, she's got the protective mama. <laughs> she's Never. Flog me. Never. Um, but we're, we're talking about how to open up communication and conversation to improve the behavior and bond with your animals. So we're going to talk to Kim. Well, Jackson, then Amy, hold on. I'm coming to you, baby. So what's going on? What do you want to focus on, Kim? Well, basically, we have a very verbal dog. He, um, he, he's not shy, and he will talk to you, and he'll actually, like, some people say he growls, but to me, he's just expressing his viewpoint, <laughs> and he'll usually go to bed with me, and then when my husband comes to bed and he crawls into bed, Jack will go, and kind of, it's kind of growling, but it's not, he's never, like, snarling and showing his teeth. He honestly is just kind of irritated that he has to move over. And um, he, he growls when I leave him in the morning, like when he knows I'm getting ready to leave and he sees me getting dressed. And when I say, bye, baby, he like, well, if I'm wearing long sleeves, he'll try to gra- grab the sleeve. Right. So one thing, first of all, we were talking about, he is he's the host of Almost. So he, he loves to greet everybody ahead of time. And uh, if you don't keep him informed of what's going on, that kind of throws him out of kilter. Okay. Yeah. So when we're talking about you're going to work, okay, you go to work, you know, Five days a week, I'm Unfortunately, assuming. There yes. you go. <laughs> so you get to work five days a week, and it may be the same routine. You may be going to the same time, et cetera, Absolutely. et cetera, which is good. You know, animals love the routine. But the key here is he's wanting to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He wants to know where you're going. He wants to know what he's supposed to do while you're gone. Okay. And, of course, when you're supposed to be back. So let him know where, where you're going when you're coming back and what's he's, he to do. Make it nice and easy for him. Take a long nap. He's mastered that. There you go. So make it nice and easy. No protecting the house, no guarding the house, no watching the cats, these things. Make it nice and easy. That's the first thing we want to do. The second thing when we're talking about the growling, it's that in, in keeping him informed again. So your husband's coming to bed, and he growls. Yeah, it's because he's gotten a nice, comfy, warm spot. Yes, he has. <laughs> but get in the habit of telling him what you're going to do ahead of time. It's like, yeah, Jack Day's coming to bed. Mm-hmm. Move over and give him a little bit of spot. Oh, this will be so nice. Okay? okay. So we're talking to him ahead of time. When he doesn't understand what's going on, 
that's when he paw paws, that's when he growls, that's when he whines, barks, whatever it may be. Right. So he's like, hey, what's going on? How's this impact me? So if you let him know ahead of time what's going on and what you need from him, he's going to respond positively. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I do want everyone to know out in Radio Land that this, my, my precious child, has been up and roaming around. And when we sat down to talk, he is now laying here on his side. His legs are extended out, and he is totally relaxing and loving this. There you go. It's in that positive energy as way. Well. Okay. Well, what is what is Jax saying to you? Because I think this is the the funnest part of the funnest part of what you do mm-hmm. is what are they? What is Jack saying to you? What is he communicating? Is he talking to you? Is he sending you um, pictures, sounds, smells? Yeah. Well, you know, the key thing is um, right now, as far as verbally, everything's to be very content with him. He's very content and he's very calm about everything. But what we were, what I was picking up earlier was the allergy situation. And we thought, okay, well, maybe it is a, uh, since he's got some skin rash, he's got some pinkness to his skin. He's, he's a, a white with a brown and, and black head, handsome little boy. And he's got the pinkness in there, and we think, well, maybe it's an environmental challenge. Uh, I'm picking it more it's a food allergy type of situation. It's an internal thing. And so some of the things we can do is alter the diet. We can do a, a blood – go to your veterinarian and go do a spot test, which is a blood panel, which shows what foods and allergens, uh, both environmental and food, that he is definitely allergic to, what's borderline and what's not. That will help you better uh, suit the food to his diet. And some of the things you can do immediately is start to eliminate some of the the people food, definitely. I start to say, how do you feel Uh, about the people food? Because we've watched a little bit of that today. (laughs) Yeah, I won't won't scold anybody here today. We would never. No, but but (laughs) never a good idea. Because the people food is going to definitely disrupt their diet, can add on additional poundage, but also can uh, cause things like pancreatitis and some serious issues if it's an ongoing thing. Right. So we had to monitor that. But also just simple things like grain. Eliminating and lowering the grains in the diet can go a long way. Making sure the protein is at a higher level. If they're having a hard time processing food, maybe they're, they're having a little diarrhea or stomach issue, watch the fat content. So a lot of things that we do as humans, or we should be doing as humans, where we're getting good proteins, we're getting good uh, vegetables, we're getting low fats in our diet, we're eliminating grains to stay healthy, and exercise obviously on top of that. Same thing with our animals. If we follow that rule, then we're going to have a healthy animal. But I'm picking up a lot of food allergens, and I wouldn't, uh, I'm not sure when the last time you had him to a veterinarian, but when you do, it's not an emergency. Uh, check out the thyroid a little bit. Okay. See if there's a thyroid issue going on. He, he is a healthy eater. Yeah. Again, he gets that from his mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go to the phones and, and speak with Amy. Amy, you're on WSB, and it sounds like you have a bully cat. Yes, I do. And I was caller number two not winning the wine, food and wine ticket. So oh, anyway, poo. Now, I'm sorry. Now I'm bummed. Okay. Um, uh, yes, I have four cats. Uh, the oldest is a female. She's nine. Uh, the youngest uh, is going to be a year. And he is a flame point Siamese, so I know that maybe some of his behavior has to do with his genetics. But anyway, he goes after Saki, the, the female, like she is prey. And he makes that sound like when they look at birds and stuff like that. That's how he glares at her and goes after her so i have to basically play musical cats and keep them separated and refereed and uh, it's exhausting yeah well uh, so, uh, i'm sorry so a couple of things here's a couple of bits of advice first of all i, I i'm getting that it i'm not sure if there's a smell do they share the same litter box no Okay, good. That, that, that's a good thing. So I'm getting a, a very sm- strong smell, so it could be a pheromone thing. Are they both fixed? 
everybody's sick. Okay, yep. good, good for you. Good on you. So we want to watch it. There's a pheromone thing that's causing an imbalance, and that's why he gets a little bit more aggressive around her. Um, mm-hmm. So we know what the issue possibly could be. It, it disrupts his routine. It's more not more, not a dominance type thing. It's more of a, a pheromone type thing we've got going on. So how do you yeah. address them like that, and how do you get a, a fun lifestyle and get everybody back in the same room together? Well, starting in baby steps. Instead of separating them out and giving them their own turn, say, you know, one gets the living room during the day and the other gets it during right. the night, start introducing them together but in a controlled environment. So there's no reason that you can't have a, a cat harness and a little leash on both of them to keep them together in the same room but a little bit of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, things like baby gates. If there's a baby gate in place, start that and let them at least see each other and smell each other and be near each other. Even though they may be able to hop over the gate, they're more than likely mm-hmm. to spend time with the separation. And so mm-hmm. work your way up, just like if you were introducing two brand new cats into your household. You want to take these small baby steps, small introductions, and then while you're at it, go back to that communication. Let them know what the situation is, what you need from them, and why is it going to be a good thing. And then when he behaves himself and doesn't tackle and wrestle and <laughs> and you know surprise your other cat, praise him like he's done the greatest thing you've ever seen a cat do. Mm-hmm. And if you put those things into place and be consistent about it, I think you're going to be able to get to the point where you can put them back in the same room together. Okay. Does that make sense? She's yeah. a little hesitant. Yeah. She's like, okay. Well, and the key thing is... Well, I mean, I've had to pull them apart. I mean, he goes after her. I mean, there hasn't been any bloodshed, but yeah. it's definitely hair flying, and, and she... Right. That, you know, when she fights back, it doesn't do anything to him. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, and that's why you, you take... Know? Yeah, that's why you do it in a more of a controlled environment. Go back to square right. one, like you're introducing two brand new cats, and then you do a lot of praise. And the key thing behind it, you got to feel confident about it. You know, if you're expecting right. that, if when you, as soon as you introduce them, if you expect it, they're not going to disappoint you. They're going to do exactly as you expected them to do. Right. Okay. All right, Amy. Thought. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Be positive now. Be positive. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, we're wishing you luck here, Amy. Thank you so much. And Tim Link, thank you so much for spending time in the studio with us today and, and diagnosing and, and helping our, our furry friends and family members um, to get on the path that they need to be. So yeah, tell people pleasure. where to find you in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, go to talkingwithdogsandcats.com. You'll find out more about me, find out more about the book. The book's uh, available now online at all uh, major online stores, and it's going to be available in all uh, bookstores nationally starting uh, the 2nd of June. And uh, while you're there, check out the events page. There's a lot of uh, events going on in and around uh, the nation. So look forward to seeing you there. I'm sorry. I have to laugh because Simon behind you's hair is just cracking me <laughs> up. That's how I feel some days. A L- little bit of pomade. Would be yeah. <laughs> yes, he needs some hair gel. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. And coming up next is David Danzig with Breaking Chews and then one of the most unique restaurants we have in the Atlanta area, Palookaville. All this coming up on Atlanta Living, followed by Dr. Joe. Stay tuned. Now more of Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Hey, welcome back, y'all, to Atlanta Living. It is time for Breaking Chews. Now, this is our weekly check-in on all the -the up-to-the-minute breaking news about local restaurants, chefs, and festivals. And I'm here with our foodie correspondent, David Danzig, of the website BitesAndSights.net, and also food writer for Atlanta Social Season Magazine, and, of course, BelindaSkelton.com. 
David, yeah. so much is happening. Yes, Belinda, absolutely. First, some breaking chews uh, off the wire. Um, Eater.com reports that our buddy Ford Fry oh is at it again. And I'm saying yes, <laughs> again. So we remember when Ford was on the show with us at the Crock Street Market, he mm-hmm. was telling us about his forthcoming steakhouse called Marcel. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's like, I have my hands full. I'm all, you know, I'm good right now. Well, apparently uh, inspiration struck. So again, he's going to open another Mextex concept. It's similar to those fantastic uh, Superica and El Felix. Mm-hmm. This time it's going to be in North Buckhead. And as usual, he's taken over a vacant space. You, did you know that Outback that was on Roswell Road in the no, Buckhead? Exactly. Where it is. So it's kind of near High Country Outfitters. So Ford's taken over there. Uh, more expansion. I don't know if it's going to be a Super Rica or El Felix, or maybe it'll he'll put another name on it. But um, very excited to uh, get that concept going out even further. Now, sp- also speaking of farewells, did you ever go to Goldfish in oh, Perimeter yeah, Mall? Yeah, yeah, that's been a favorite for a long time since 2000. So they didn't renew their lease, mm. and they're going to be closing for good on May 31st. So if you liked Goldfish, if you never got to try Goldfish, uh, you can get 15% off your food. Uh, tomorrow and Monday, and then this Tuesday, you can get half price on fish and steaks. So get a reservation in there and go try goldfish one last time in Perimeter Mall. Uh, I wonder if Ford Fry's eyeing that space as well. <laughs> you know, you have to wonder. <laughs> okay, now speaking of saving on dining out concentrics, restaurants, they have a, ne- a neat little summer promotion called Summer of Chances, like the mmm mm. in summer, uh, where you can save money on the restaurants, including One Midtown Kitchen, Two Urban Licks, The Spence, Parish. they have a couple others. Go to their website and you sign up for an email every day, and every day you get an email where you'll basically get a coupon for 15 to 25 bucks off that's at their restaurants, yeah, and it's a you know tied to a spend there. So that link is on your website, and then of course the big Mac Daddy Festival next weekend, Atlanta Food and Wine, the Belinda Skelton Atlanta Living will be broadcasting there, yes. and this is for professional eaters and chow hounds like us. Yes, tasting experiences, learning experiences, cooking demos. The link there are still tickets. The link is up at belindaskelton.com. So hopefully we'll see you there next weekend. Oh yeah, that's always a lot of fun. So please check it out all this and more at the website belindaskelton.com and check out david's website bitesandsights.net please come see us next week you're listening to atlanta living only on news 95.5 and am 750 wsb this is news 95.5 and am 750 wsb and this is atlanta the food the wine the entertainment the lifestyle this is belinda skelton's atlanta living sponsored by granite transformations done in a day beautiful for life and welcome to atlanta living i'm your host belinda skelton my next guest is so eclectic that introducing him would take the whole segment jim stacy he's a television host he's a chef i mean his background is so eclectic um yeah, that's a way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in a good way, Jim. Sure. You you currently own um, one of the most fabulous restaurants in Atlanta, Palookaville. And tell us a little bit about that. Palookaville is my love letter to American diners and greasy spoons and <laughs> uh, Jewish delis of our past. See what I mean, folks? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to invent, a, I wanted to, come up with a restaurant that I, I could take my family to and have a beer or a cocktail and then 
didn't know that I was going to have American comfort food that was scratch made. And that's what we're doing. We're making everything from scratch, from our pastrami to corned beef or macaroni and cheese or Brunswick stew. We have a compounding soda fountain in the in the uh, restaurant because I wanted my kids to be able to to eat off of a soda fountain. It's something that doesn't happen any longer. Now, you said a compounding soda mm-hmm. fountain? What is that? Uh all the milkshakes are hand dipped and spun in front of you. We make our own sodas, make the syrups for the sodas. Are you serious? Yeah, we have we have forty uh, some odd um, antique soda flavors, soda syrup flavors, and we make the sodas to order custom. You can you can combine those anyway. I think I did the math, and there was something like a hundred and eighty thousand different combinations you could do. So you buy the syrup. And then, yeah, we have this company. There's a company that's been making um, syrups since the uh, teens and 20s, and we buy the concentrate from them, and then we mix it fresh, uh, mix the syrups fresh from the concentrate, and then we bake the sodas to order. So we have some flavors that older older folks have had not had since they were kids. Oh, like my gosh. Like Tiger's what? Blood. Um, which is a clove and black cherry flavor. I've had folks in their 90s just enamored with the fact that we have tiger's blood because they haven't had it since they were kids. We have a flavor that was really popular in uh, the Midwest called Green River. There's only one company that makes that concentrate. Uh-huh. Um, they're still making it. We're one of their largest customers. Uh-huh. It's like a vanilla lime. Um, but yeah, yeah, Green River and, and Tiger's Blood are both two flavors. Only you can only get them at Palookaville, and I've had people tell me they haven't had them in gen, you know in a generation. So that it's pretty cool to see so that happen. Cool. So we have little kids coming in and they're drinking. You know, they they get their custom sodas, and we have old 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 folks come in and just you know I have I have as many um, super like over eighty um, like folks bringing their their parents in and they're 70 yeah. you know oh and their their parents are in their 90s and they're just can't you can't believe they're getting to eat some of this stuff so that's been really cool to introduce kids to it and then bring it back to a whole another generation that's that's on their way out so the it's nostalgia. been pretty cool yeah but we try not to we try not we try to be real realistic with it and very very modern with the way we deal with the nostalgia i didn't want the i didn't want nostalgia to be just you know uh checker floors and right. poodle skirts because right. that's very little of it you know right. we we kind of dumb that down i wanted to be really smart and really reverential about about nostalgia and actually it be a history lesson there's a difference to me in it being history and it being nostalgia and i want history you, you know? well yeah. And everything I do, we, that that that's part of the reason I'm doing spam, and I, I can explain that too. Which I I got such a kick out of when I, I first heard about it, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. But your background, I mean, you have a a big background in barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think come you, from a barbecue family. A barbecue family. I think you have touched on a little bit of everything. Yeah, I've tried to. I mean, I'm only going around once that I know of, so uh, I I refuse to have a boring job. You well, know? you don't. No, well, yeah, it's not. It's not always secure, but I it's mean, definitely look boring. at this, Jim. You've you've owned a um, a drive-in theater. Well, I ran it for the family that's owned it since '49. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, I, I did a good good portion of restoring that. Yeah, that was that was a blast. My you know, my daughter was born out there, and you know we we saw some really beautiful times and some really hard times out there on the drive-in. But I, very few people can say they dra- they ran a drive-in movie theater and well, had see, it I thrive. I grew up in Blue Ridge, Georgia, and we had mm-hmm. uh, two drive-ins: yeah. one in McKaysville, yeah. one in Blue Ridge. Yeah, Blue Ridge is still there. Blue Ridge is still there. Yeah, beautiful still... little grass lot drive-in. Yeah, yes. I've been there many times. 
And you know what? Don't ever go when you're with a group of friends and go to the the restroom and they move the car while you're gone. You know that's the worst <laughs> trick in the world. Yeah, yeah, but that one's small enough to find the car on the yeah. <laughs> on the starlight. That's forty acres of looking for a car. Oh, those are good times. But <clears throat> uh, Palookaville, uh, you opened Avondale Estates, mm-hmm. and um, it you know. You've had great success with that. Yeah, well, I mean, you always want to be guarded when you're when you when you say that you've had great success with a restaurant because things can change overnight. Well, I've got wood here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, things can change overnight. It's one of the most fickle fickle industries ever. You have to be really careful. You know. And you're known for your corn dogs. Sure. I mean, that's what people want to. That's what people latch onto. And I, and when I started Palookaville um, as a concept, I picked corn dogs specifically because I knew people could grasp what i was doing through that and Mm -hmm. it was going to be the gateway drug you know which it was i mean it's 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 kitschy enough and it's americana enough and and even a terrible corn dog is pretty good right but if you really pay attention to it and break it down and make it out of really nice ingredients it becomes something pretty sublime i started to say i have a feeling jim that it's unlike any corn dog i've ever eaten yeah well i i always always joke joke at people when it's their first one i tell them i'm gonna ruin them for other men because it de- they definitely they're not ready for another corn you know that another corn dog just won't do you know so it you know we just pay attention we're using a locally made sausage we're you we're boiling it in beer we're making you know making our batters fresh we hand dip them to order so it's you know it turns out good and i never understood why people while we were just putting hot dogs on corn dogs so we do a kielbasa we do a an italian sausage do. and then we do one with all three sausages on it so are you serious yeah that's the frying style monster that's what i'm really famous for is the one with all three sausages stacked on one stick and then how do you do that you just feed you know it's got a it's got a kielbasa i mean an italian sausage at the bottom a kielbasa in the middle and then half of half of one okay. of those franks you know it's a half of a Half of an Italian sausage, half a kielbasa, and half in a, a regular beef imperial. Well, you you obviously have um, garnered a lot of success through your life, and you've been on some late night shows, sure uh, cooking for Jay Quentin Leno. Tarantino. Yeah, Jay Leno and Quentin Tarantino uh, did uh, did Thanksgiving dinner with them right before Jay Rap. Jay and I met each other um, the last I think the last eight months that he was on. And uh, he had me on twice that last six-month run. How did he hear about you? He had a scene, I guess he had seen an episode of Deep Fried Masters, a show I was doing for Destination America under the Discovery mantle, mm-hmm. and uh, thought I was funny on the show. They got in touch with me. I did. You do a bunch of interviews with... with uh, producers of one of that show if you're a co- if you're a color guest then you do a lot of interviews with them before they decide where they're going to take right. a chance on putting you on national television and uh usually you do three or four rounds of interviews and i talked to his producer for almost an hour and a half and he was like can you come next week so that's the way that that worked and i, I you know i have a background in stand-up comedy i have a background in theater i have a background in movies you I mean, know you have a background in everything well i mean like i said i'm only going around once so the the so i didn't have any problem chewing the fat with those guys you know and i was cracking wise and making jokes and and they you know they were happy to have a guest on that could handle cold cold comedy with with another guest that was a pro so it you know it turned out really good it, you know, so what in the world did you fix for those two for thanksgiving dinner? i did a fried turkey because he had never had that and that's obvious you know and yeah. from i started off the whole gag with that obvious fr- deep fried turkey and then we did um i did a uh i did a fried pie a fried um 
pumpkin pie for him. Mm. And then I did um, I did a parfait that was uh, mashed potatoes and gravy with with uh, a cherry tomato on top and, and a cranberry cranberry sauce dressing. So huh. it was pretty. It turned out pretty good. And then okay. we did a we did a um, we did a quick uh, deep fried turkey uh, stuffing for the turkey. So yeah, it turned out nice. Yeah. You can see it on YouTube. It's all over YouTube. Well, and and people stop you in the halls like they did here asking mm-hmm. about barbecue. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, yeah. does well, barbecue we have, creep its way into Palookaville? Yeah, yeah. We have we have my family's um, Brunswick stew recipe. We serve it all the time. We have it on the menu all the time. And that's about a 200-year-old recipe that my family's wow. pretty famous for. And uh, I have some pretty heavy hitters that that come to Atlanta just to eat eat my Brunswick stew. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that, I, you know, I have the I'm going to have to run it past my mother, Jim, yeah. because she is our resident um, Brunswick stew connoisseur. Yeah, see, I, I'm not saying it's the only Brunswick stew. Oh, let me I'm you, just saying it's my favorite. Okay, here's just one question. <laughs> yeah. How do you do your corn? Is it ground or is it whole kernel? It's whole kernel. Okay. But there better not be a bean in Brunswick stew. Okay. If there's a if there's a bean or a pea, if there's a butter bean or a pea, you're serving me Suddler stew. You're not serving me Brunswick Settler stew. Settler stew. Oh. That ain't Brunswick stew. Okay. The better you better not be able to see a potato or a potato or a bean anywhere in it. Now I do have potato in mine, but I cook it down to where you can't see it. So it's but we, we make we make it with smoked smoked pork butt, mm-hmm. uh, smoked chicken and rabbit. That's ours is made. Oh, rabbit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we need to talk about <laughs> we need spam? to talk about spam. <laughs> and I laugh because um, I grew up on spam, mm-hmm. and uh, my mother. I think a lot of us of a certain generation. Uh, did. Yes, absolutely. And I think my favorite part was opening it with mm-hmm. that key. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I love I lo- that. That was it. Was that the key on those and the key on a sardine can? Yes. You know, it reminded me of cartoons. And a oh, mouse absolutely. sleeping in it, you know, yeah, because um, a mouse is going to sleep in it like a bed. But I hated the gelatinous stuff on top. That's of natural. That's, that's actually natural. That's gross. Okay, so all protein, um, and and spam, it, it, any canned item, whether it's vegetables, whether it's protein, um, are cooked in the can. It's part of the process right. of canning, mm-hmm. right? So what spam is is pork shoulder, salt pepper, a little bit of sugar, um, and potato starch. I That's thought it was it. just all kinds of parts in there. No, it's actually pork shoulder. Wow. I'm a little more impressed. I feel a little better. Yeah, it's pork shoulder. And so so it's uh, pork shoulder, salt, pepper, sugar, and potato starch. That's it. And then they put it in the can and it cooks it, and the gelatin naturally occurs in the cooking process. Okay. but it It's is, the same way with a Vienna sausage. With, they There's no gelatin added there either. And you have to admit that's a little disgusting when you open that can and you have that. I, on see, th- well, no, no, not to me because that was that was part of that was part of fish and chow. <laughs> you know, there was always there was always a can of Vienna sausages in the bottom of the. And uh, you had to have yeah, uh, crackers. The, sure, the sure, sure. There was a sleeve of crackers. There was a sleeve of crackers. There was a a can of Vienna sausage, and there was a can of Beechcliff fish steaks and. Pepper sauce. Yep. That was the four things that were in it. Some spam, you know. So. Well, we're, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell you about Spamerica. Sure. That's going to be touring, and because you're not going to want to miss it. You're listening to Jim Stacy with Palookaville and Spamerica that's going to be hitting the streets on Sunday. Uh, you're listening to News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Oh, back to Belinda Skelton. Welcome back to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton, 
And it's time with Jim Stacy of Palookaville to talk about the ever-loving food, Spam, Absolutely. that we all grew up on, Jim. And we were talking about the love-hate relationship I have with the goo on top. Yeah, sure. But that's neither here nor there, because you have a food truck, Spamerica, that's getting ready to hit the road. Sure. Like, Spam has created this tour with their food truck, and they're going to different cities and partnering with uh, chefs in those cities to present recipes for spam so when they got in touch with me i had already been messing around with spam for a concept or a hawaiian concept that i'm doing um so i'd already been messing around with it and i jumped at the jumped at the chance because i was like this is kismet you mm-hmm. know it just works all together everything happens for a reason right. so i had started developing recipes for them and since spam is such a uh a nostalgic food and also a food of convenience and a food of necessity. Mm-hmm. People have made absolutely everything out of it. So it was really tough to come up with two recipes that people hadn't done. Right. And even the gumbo that I'm doing, people have done yeah. gumbo recipes with it, but they have not done a traditional scratch made gumbo. So I was able to do a super traditional, super scratch made gumbo recipe where we're even making the Cajun seasoning from scratch. Wow. Um, and it, I, you know, it's, incredibly delicious really now my mother still serves it you know pan fries it gets it all crispy i do a little bit of pan frying in this this recipe i use it like a tasso and make it good Mm -hmm. and crunchy yeah yeah Um, i mean there's nothing that tastes like it i mean it definitely has it definitely has its it's it is spam and it it it, it's a magnificent thing handled correctly so we have about a minute left Mm -hmm. the history i thought it was invented in world war ii for the troops no it was invented in 30 it was rolled out in 37 and when world war ii ran or came around it became one of the best ways to provide fresh meat for the troops so they used it in limited release in the european theater but they it was wide widely used like millions of cans used in the pacific theater and because of that it made massive inroads into native cuisine so you see spam used in in uh the pacific region in hawaii you know the polynesian islands philippines guam they use it in all of their traditional dishes now thanks so much for joining hey, thanks us for having studio. me absolutely and we're going to have you back because you are loads of fun yeah we'll do it anytime you've been listening to atlanta living only on news 95.5 and am 750 w